Welcome to The Spin-Off, the show where award-winning podcasters Fleur Emery and me, producer Buckers, reunite to discuss attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. ADHD is, of course, a condition of distractibility, so although we are loosely examining the experience of living with a diagnosis, conversationally we will soon break loose and set off towards the unmapped territories of our minds. We sometimes swear, and if you're a blood relative of either of us, listener caution is advised. We have watched lots of YouTube videos about this stuff, and I've got half a nursing degree, but we're not medical experts, so please bear that in mind. Is that okay, Buckers? That's lovely. Let's do a podcast. Hello, welcome to the forest. Oh, we've got some plants going on. I'm in a different place today. Can you tell from how echoey it is? I'm in my uncle's study. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, I think. Yeah. I'm terrible. Oh. Actually... Terrible in what way? In a sort of um, ADHD-flavoured way. Oh. You know, I was saying last week it doesn't exist. Yeah. It existed this morning. Okay. We had a massive storm last night, a massive electrical storm. Huge, so huge, huge, yeah. loads of rain. And although I mostly keep the drains to the house clear... I didn't com- not completely. Okay. And one of them following um, my kids' brick and stone moving had become sort of full of stones and it flooded and there was just some. It was like a scene like from Amityville Horror or something when sort of some sludge from centuries of putrefying corpses from the, the centre of the earth were liberated on Halloween and sprayed up like a kind of gory geezer. It was like that, and I had some rubber gloves on and still... I tackled it, but even... I've scrubbed my arms literally raw three times, and it's still... I smell like a grave robber. And um, then it was done, got it done, came up to record this with you and found that... You know, I'm thinking that I want to write a memoir of my life. I sort of started, and I gathered together all my precious teenage letters and all the little sort of you know all the I have a bag of special things to review and remind me and I'd left it by the printer underneath the skylight know where I'm going oh, no <laughs> yeah so the printer's gone the seagrass carpet is boggy and um all my teenage letters are illegible <laughs> Mm. Oh. And I just can't help thinking, would I have done that? <laughs> would I have done that if... I mean, that's a very... That's a typical thing. You identify with that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was late for this podcast because instead of dealing with the letters, I felt compelled to go online and start Googling 
when the Murder Act came into law in the UK, permitting medical students to dissect cadavers and ending the trend of grave robbing because you see in my mind I was like oh your arm smells your arm smells it smells yeah. what could smell that bad only a, a 17th robber. century grave robber and then so I've been down a whole kind of wormhole around the history of dissection today and okay. I can tell you at different times in history how many corpses of executed criminals the student population of St Thomas's hospital um we're allowed to dissect but the letters and the water are still there does that illustrate the condition hard (laughs) (laughs) and the reason i know is because i mean i'm not going to say that mine is on any level of that kind of devastating destruction um, but it's like... I left the bedroom window open last night and the carpet is soaked because we also had a storm and I'm a bit sleepy this morning because after said storm, me and my boyfriend stayed up Googling what creates thunder and lightning and, yeah, yeah. you know, top yeah. 10 things not to do during thunder and lightning, which interestingly enough two of them we were doing which was using our electronic devices to film it Mm. hanging out of the window yeah (laughs) while all the windows in the house were open last night i was tucked into bed also completely confident completely confident that we were snug as a bug Mm. and um yeah i was watching a lecture by the neurologist Henry Marsh live and simultaneously Googling about... (laughs) Simultaneously Googling about um, the hospital, the the operating facilities currently available in the Ukraine as compared to the UK. Operating facilities? Um, Yeah, like operating um, equipment. Yeah, in hospitals. How well equipped Ukrainian hospitals are compared right. to ours. Okay. That's what I was really focusing in on last night. As my um yeah, as the the everything was being destroyed up here. But if you think about it, as a result, you have now got two great conversation starters for you know, the next few for, days um, because for hinge. <laughs> Hinge. <laughs> something I, that, something right? I will never shut Start up about. Start a conversation. <laughs> Ukrainian hospitals. How <laughs> corpse allocation <laughs> in the 18th century to dissectionists? <laughs> yeah, they love it. And then I wonder why there's no husband to help mm. remind me to check to the help house clear the night. drains. Yeah. Do you see this? Is the circle of the circle of pain mm. of this condition for women? Mm-hmm. If it was a man, if it was a man in my position, he would have a wife. He'd have a neurotypical wife. And she'd be next to him and she'd say, um, oh, you wouldn't be a love and just check the windows, would you? And I'll get you a cup of um, nighty-night tea. <laughs> yeah. No. 
So yeah, that's where I am today. Okay. But we're doing a podcast, so that's good. Yeah. And we've got one live. Excellent. Yeah. Well done for doing and, that. Yeah. Because I, thought, I was really whack it, whack like it up, whack it up. faffing around with per- perfectionist procrastination. Like, hmm. and you just, you know, forced us to give birth to it. Normally the poking, the, normally the prodding by me sort of intimidates you enough to move through that. Yeah. <laughs> when I say, hi, is it done yet? I'm not pressuring you, but just, is it? Yeah. You normally go, oh yeah, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> and then you kick into that and you get it done. It took a bit more prodding this and, time, uh, I mean, didn't I it? I mean, I did it about four pokes, yeah. yeah. And it was like, wow. I think... It was She's a bit not like scared of me anymore. I was a bit like I don't know, I wanted the immaculate C section podcast birth with my whale noises and my lavender oil with twelve doctors present. Yeah. And you just took it out into a barn and whopped it out with birthed it. Free birthing it's called when you flannel. just have no medical professionals there, yeah. Yeah. When you just um, free birth in a lake. If you look up free birthing on YouTube, it's amazing. You have women who just like, there's kids running around and they just go and squat in a stream. I won't do that. It sounds repulsive, but, but, you know. No, no, it's not because you don't see the, you don't see the sharp end. You just see them um, like going, oh, it's so beautiful. It's really good. It's, um, if anyone is out there having a baby imminently, I do mm. recommend it. Give okay. um, the NCT classes a swerve and watch them instead. Oh my gosh, have you ever seen a have you ever seen a hedgehog give birth? No, but I'd like to. So my friend who works at a wildlife sanctuary came over for dinner last night. We had fajitas and while we were having our fajitas, Did you bring she a pregnant was, hedgehog. She was showing us on her phone because she does order their social media, so her camera roll is just full of, you know, foxes with legs hanging off and stuff like that. It's very cute. And um the she showed us this uh, series of photos of a um, pregnant hedgehog under anaesthetic having a having a cesarean and the vet like pulling out oh. these tiny little sacks and inside the sacks you can see their little why spikes why didn't why didn't she have a natural birth um i don't know the backstory of the hedgehog i was just looking at its sacks she needs just she just needed a hedgehog doula yeah. to be left alone and some herbs <laughs> In my opinion. <laughs> but there you go. So, yeah, the reaction to this morning's chaos was that, just like you, your perfectionism, the way mine plays out is that I just have this strong urge to live in a monastery with a single bed that looks it's a bit like the Toast catalogue, you know, like a, a metal bed, one picture of, on the wall, not of Christ, maybe a view of somewhere holy. Um, and, like, one blanket, one pencil one pair of spectacles, one cardigan. Like, if I lived like that, stuff like that wouldn't, you know, the, the flood in the attic wouldn't go down. That's kind of where I go back to in my mind. I've, mm. I've got too much stuff, too many things, less things. Just clear the decks, give everything away. Even if you only have one pencil, though, you'll still lose that pencil. I lost my phone for six hours yesterday. I swore blind it was in the hang house. On, hang it was on, in my car. Hang on, reverse, reverse. <laughs> was that a truth bomb? A smackdown? It was just... Did I just do a smackdown? I did a smackdown, didn't I? That was the I? biggest smackdown I think anyone's ever... Even... 
even if you only had <laughs> one pencil, you still would lose it. <gasps> it wasn't meant to be like that. It was more meant to be like... No, 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 no. Let impact yourself have multiple pencils. Buckers. Buckers, impact over intention. It's the impact that matters. Not It doesn't matter if you meant it or not. That's how. I know. It's, that's a wound. I understand. I, I apologise. I'm going to get a t-shirt made and make you wear that. Even if, oh, my I name apologize. is Buckers. Even if I only had one pencil, I still you'd lose it. <laughs> Just put, put right, that on my gravestone. We've had four listeners last week, and we're losing them. What's um, what's what's um, on the what's on the agenda today? Um, usually you just start talking about something, and that becomes the topic. And let me see on the Google Docs. What we, we got to basically, I like this is the passage of this podcast has been. Flo gets diagnosed and is euphoric. Um, has this idea that everything makes sense now, it's so great, it's the final piece of the puddle, puzzle, yes. Then goes deep into what actually it is, rejects the whole thing and starts dissecting the history of the diagnosis and starts going into the does it even exist. Mm. And then I've come back to being faced with the reality of the condition right here in front of my eyes it's being the world is spelling it out to me mm. so that's kind of where we are and then let's see what we had on do you want to pick a thing that comes up a lot about adhd and talk about how you relate to it i think that's how most people plan their podcast episode topics they just pick a thing and then talk about what they think of it okay what's what's the thing and why can you and I still not I pay Google maybe eighty pounds a month and I still don't know how to use this drive thing that everyone uses. You can know um, the script thing here from the the introduction that we recorded and you lost. No, I didn't lose it. I imagined that we recorded a, di- a another bit that we didn't. <laughs> I imagined that we recorded like a proper intro to go on the front of it that I could make with the music and everything. Uh, but we didn't. I imagine stuff all the time. I genuinely get concerned about how much stuff I imagine being real and then it isn't. There's a question on here which is interesting. Do does <laughs> do you lose your personality when you medicate? If you take ADHD medicine to ease the sim- the chaotic symptoms, mm. does your personality also go out? Is the baby with the bathwater? This is something I was really anxious about before I tried it. And I can only speak for myself, but for me... I didn't I didn't feel like a different person at all. However, I've heard other people other people other people's experiences have been that they have had huge benefits from the medication. And I whilst I can notice a difference, I didn't have or haven't had that kind of like enlightened moment where I take a pill in the morning 
and have you know written a novel by lunchtime and I've just been able to have laser focus um but I don't know if that's the that's the goal of the medication I think it's I think it's different for everybody and I didn't feel like it changed my personality at all and I was really nervous about that I resisted it for ages because I was worried and I was also worried about this feeling of like cheating if I suddenly achieve something whilst taking the medication do I deserve the do I deserve to feel proud of that because surely I'm cheating but I don't feel like that anymore but I really did I felt like when I was when I was at primary school it the it took the the teachers had a real hard time convincing me to use a calculator in maths because I said I'd rather as as a you know six seven year old child I I was able to articulate myself enough to say I would rather do it without and get it wrong than do it with and get and get it right and now I'm only getting it right because I've had a machine to help me <laughs> these teachers that's were just like really... you're impossible <laughs> that's a I think that's a buckers thing though isn't it and not an ADHD thing I've never heard that before oh that's do you think a, that's a buckers flavor maybe it's hard it isn't it sometimes to, it to be, be able to work out what what certain things about you are just your personality and what I've done a are... deep dive I've been listening to a lot of women talk about the things which they have in common and I haven't heard that before I think the the majority feeling is that within the system that we live in neurodivergent people are disadvantaged yeah and taking or or having any kind of support that um lessens that disadvantage is just yeah. like e- just brings you up it, brings yeah you just up like to the same level as... yeah yeah well not the same level but mm. left but towards less disadvantaged the yeah, yeah 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 so most people i think would just yeah take that take it where you find it yeah that's that's what I've got to now um but when I first started taking it I was I was nervous that if even if I felt really good on it and was able to start doing more of the things that I struggled to do I still was not prepared to feel accomplished in that and and allow myself any kind of recognition for that i was i was immediately just assuming that that was going to be like a cheat that i didn't deserve any kind of like pat on the back for anything i achieved whilst taking medication because i i've managed this far i've got this far without it i should be able to just you know get on with it but i don't feel like that so i drop your truth bomb i'd love one from someone who's 20 years down the line from you people this idea of getting what you deserve yeah that's a fairy tale yeah no you never get no one ever gets what they deserve and there's no point thinking about it sometimes i don't get what i deserve i just get you know just get given something out of the blue that i don't Mm. deserve great Mm. take it because other times in life you get something ripped away from you that you don't deserve 
it's just it's just the journey Random. of things and by make by enforcing a system of you having to deserve things before you give them to yourself yeah. that's just like completely self-defeating yeah. and yeah yeah maybe um yeah put that maybe put that in the column of like want to fix that at some point less good ideas yeah less it's good not thoughts. it's not you don't have to deserve things speak to yourself more like you're you know a friend you just like you don't have to deserve it. just yeah. have it just have it just a present from me to you but ironically yeah. it doesn't really help me achieve the things that i thought it would based on other people on the internet that i've listened to um the only real difference that it's made for me well I say the only as in as if it's not a good thing it is a good thing I um I notice a difference in my impulsivity so yes, this is the part this is the part that I'm interested in yeah because I... because the impact of that is massive mm. is it fair to say you're kind of in the best relationship of your life yeah yeah, you're in a super relationship and I know about the ins and outs of it that you've shared with me mm. and I've been so impressed and you know just thought wow it shows what's possible yeah you're just absolutely and that is for me the things that drive those relationships off the road are impulsivity yeah. because I can't oh, can I just oh, just before you go mm. I just need yeah. to do that we need to do that now should we do that yeah. now and I think the restraint as they call it in AA, restraint, restraint of tongue and pen, being able to wait and see what happens. I wonder mm. if that is at the core, because you're basically the same person as you were before. Mm. And that's the thing that's kind of being dialed down, right? Yeah. And the result is you're in a really mutually loving, supportive relationship. Yeah, and and also from a a personal point of view as well one of the ways that my impulsivity would tend to manifest is uh impulse buys spending you know re like really not having a, a sense of control especially if i was actually in in a shop so going into a shop and just seeing so many colors like like clothes shopping i would really struggle to not grab 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 and just you know just just buy it all because once you've done it it's done then you know it that's a, wanna, like a binge yeah yeah and when i won't do it and i won't do it again for ages you know that'll be it now that'll be it then that'll be it then and it became like it's one it's a dope you're, you're it's i think that was my way of searching for dopamine but also it was it was the impulsivity the impulsive side of adhd the the two things that the the dopamine hunt and the impulsivity just were like creating the perfect condition for spending money unnecessarily and then feeling awful about it and then doing it again to make myself feel better about it and then feeling awful about it and going round and round and in did circles. You did you get into any habits of reversing behaviour? Because the way you're describing, the way I don't have that behaviour, but I know from listening to lots of podcasts and reading lots of um, 
um, this um, professional information that this is one of the things they tick off, right? Financial insecurity generated by impulsive behaviour around, you know, uncontrollable shopping. Yeah. The way you're describing it reminds me of eating disorder recovery you know it's just like in my mind you know i'm playing off this bargaining thing can i do it can i do it well just do it this and then that's it you know then this is the last time and then if it's a food binge there's reversing behavior like compulsive exercising laxatives Mm -hmm. or vomiting Mm -hmm. and is there like taking it back trying to sell it on ebay trying to sell it to your friends you know like what happens with the merch or do you just hide it and just try not think about it what happens with the stuff you buy to be honest most of the stuff that i would buy i would use and i think i didn't so it hasn't put you in debt on credit cards or anything it's more about psychologically what's the process that you're going through doesn't feel healthy yeah and i yeah and i suppose like the 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 only reversing behavior there was perhaps reversing behavior in that if I'd gone out and spent money in a shop, I maybe then wouldn't go for lunch with somebody at the weekend or something. I would, I would go, well, it's okay. It's okay. Because you just, just cancel that thing that you were going to do, or, you know, just buy that book that you wanted to buy next month or something like that. I would, I would adjust plans that I'd made in advance to account for the impulsive, compulsive spending that I hadn't planned. Although that, although that kind of balancing in a person who feels healthy around their spending is quite natural. Like I, mm. I, I'm not com- that compulsive around money. Although I do like, yeah. I mean, there, there's some issues around it, but there's not what you're describing. And so, yeah, if um. I get if the I get a bill that's a hundred quid higher than I'm expecting, I just think, oh yeah, I was going to do that thing. I won't do that thing. Mm. So there is balance, and that doesn't feel unhealthy. So I wonder if it's the feelings that you're having around it. Mm. It's quite the, a shame yeah, so thing. The I think yeah. So there's um these are on the top lists of the NHS diagnostic tool when they decide mm. whether you kind of got it or not. The cons- the relational consequences. Yeah. Um, so for me, I ticked it all because, you know, I've never settled into a relationship properly and I'm nearly mm. 50. Like that's... It's easy as well to negotiate with yourself. It's like, oh, is the ADHD... All the conversations I've been having brainy people about it but like that's a hard fact to swallow right yeah oh Flo you probably haven't got it oh this you know why are you thinking about it now you know you're just making a fuss kind of thing but that's a big that's a big thing Mm. and it was me but you know because it was me down the drains this morning and it was me you know responsible for everything yeah so there's the relational tax that women disproportionately pay ADHD women disproportionately pay more than men but that Mm. is there and also the financial insecurity that um, anecdotally people with the condition earn less and experience more Mm. um, financial hardship and insecurity so those two things so it's, it's funny going back to this beginning of this conversation you said oh it has doesn't really affect me much 
but then you said it definitely improves your impulse control and that's kind of the biggest mm, yeah that's the biggest um shift the biggest um the most impactful aspect of getting treatment mm. that and also for me the most that's the most compelling reason that yeah. i might be more financially secure and i might have um an appropriate partner if i mm. take the tablets now i'm going to take the tablets mm. you know that's worth it that's really worth it mm. if that's what you get I'd probably take the tablets mm. if that's what you could get. Mm. It's so interesting how the treatment, as we just... I don't know if you notice this, the treatment, when we talk about that, what we're talking about is drugs, right? Yeah. And there's... People really shy away from this, right? In all of the articles I read, and both scientific ones and self-help and support and people with the condition helping each other... And all the conversations on on podcasts and everything, they all say when they talk about the drugs, drugs are just one treatment. There's one of the treatments available. But it's the, just but, one because they should never yeah. be given without full psychological support, a program of rehabilitation. Who's ever offered that? I've never heard of it. No. Nothing. Nothing. So when I got There's my nothing. diagnosis, I said I said that to the lady who was um, yeah. dealing with my um, the, the titration phase, isn't it? That um, I'd never heard that word before. I didn't know what it meant, but it it's that um, the process of finding getting to the, the right, right pill and the right dosage, and you are in through my diagnosis, I was supported through that that process with a um, professional. Psychi- psychiatrist or psychologist yes a psychiatrist yeah and were you paying and to that no okay. no i was incredibly lucky to get in yeah, most, on yeah. the um the psychiatry uk uh diagnosis oh, what do List. you call it um, yeah that and when i was reading the leaflet because obviously i had to read it from start to finish the, the entire medication, you know, all of the possible side effects. The side effects are great. It's like five. It's like thing. a telephone directory. <laughs> Bleeding from the eyes. Your eyebrows might fall out. Your toenails might turn purple. You might give birth to a killer whale. Your hair might go curly. You might move abroad. Your arms might fall off. Your mouth might stop moving. It might start moving. Your nose might get blocked. You might go blind. Your kidneys might fail. Yeah. Yeah, it goes on, doesn't it? And on that, it said um, medication, um, something like something along those lines, not to be used only one. um, uh, Yeah, only to be used alongside um, uh, professional counselling or yeah, um, CBT counselling therapy. Yeah, all of those things. So I asked her about that. I said, so where do when does that yeah, happen? When, and, when and she said that's just something that we let people um, find their own way with no. as in pay for so that's another another notch on the um, ADHD tax isn't it because I mean we are it, we're, we're, we're lucky to be well? able to get a prescription for the, the pills but the other stuff that really helps. I mean, for me, I I was already thinking about getting some therapy and, you know, really committing to 
find finding out more about myself and working on stuff so I was I was kind of already in that mindset of oh I'm I'm probably going to pay privately for that but for somebody who that hasn't crossed their mind and then they're suddenly just given these pills it's not I've definitely really benefited from having therapy alongside the drugs do you did you, do you notice it as well though that they just all the time obviously that's only one part of it well yeah. the you know the tablets are important but it's just an aspect of our treatment of our holistic treatment program yeah it's like where yeah. is this treatment program there isn't any yeah it's just basically the weirdness there's this weirdness around the fact that the drugs are a controlled substance that some people abuse for fun yeah and it's like you have to kind of constantly reaffirm the idea that you're not taking the tablets for fun <laughs> mm. and that you're not after just the tablets i'm not obviously mm. yeah i mean obviously i don't want just the tablets i want um you know your holistic treatment mm. but there isn't one yeah it doesn't exist it is just the tablets but there's this whole dance you notice there's this weird dance around that this verbal kind of badinage this sort of back and forwards when you have to sort of you have to sort of um, mask <laughs> your mm. interest in um, the med- medication, mm. and then on from their side, they have to kind of disguise the fact that it's all they've got for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really funny, isn't it? Yeah. Do you ever get people asking? Uh, well, I don't know. I. I I find it weird when people ask me the question, what happens if you don't take them? As if, as if, like, I'm Princess Fiona from Shrek, and that if you don't take this pill, then you're going to, like, expose yourself to the world for the ogre, the the disorganised ogre that you truly are. But when you take a pill, you become the, 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 like... The sexy version of Fiona. <laughs> I haven't seen Shrek. What? Yeah, I know. I haven't. <laughs> Any of them? No. Not even the first one. No. no. I watched the last one the other day, and um, my boyfriend cried at the end of it. <laughs> you really are made for him, each though. other. The medication is is just made you find your perfect. You know the the yin to your yang. The other half yeah. of your lobster or whatever they say. Yeah. I would love to do, like, the goggle... The, the film version of Gogglebox. But you're the only character in it. You're the only... Uh, what are they called? What would the people on Gogglebox be called? You. You'd like no. to be recorded watching TV? No, I'd like you to be recorded watching things that I well, my reactions to do. of watching. Yeah, we could do yeah. that. There's a there's yeah. a brilliant YouTube channel with these young um, American kids who are really into music, listening to um, classics for the yeah. first time. So, for example, did yeah. you see the one of Whitney Houston when they listened to that? Yeah, and their reaction is beautiful, brilliant. and it just shows how the culture, how it, how. Um, you know, great music transcends, transcends generations, space yeah. and time yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's beautiful. Mm. I don't think we could provide content that good. I think they've got like a million subscribers. 
But, yeah. you know, we've got four listeners now, I think, haven't we? We could maybe yeah. attract another one if we did that. Okay. It'd be worth a few days' work to attract a listener. It would definitely get the Shrek fans. And there's loads of them. <laughs> Shrek came before Harry Potter. So that's all, you know, that, that speaks for itself. <laughs> I've missed out on that whole thing. I haven't seen or read any of the Harry Potter Me books. neither. Not a single book, okay, film, well, a swerve. any of it. Yeah. She's cancelled now anyway, apparently. Yes. Is Shrek cancelled? I think Shrek's pretty safe. I think you're still safe with Shrek. I've got another listicle. Go on then. This week's listicle is five Mexican towns with wonderful names. Great. Like a cultural Mex- one. Yeah, Mexicans have yeah, they have really, really good names. And um, whenever you go onto sort of Google Earth, you can end up down a wormhole thinking they can't they can't have called a town that. But they can. So first of all, we've just got two which are wonderful because of the amount of syllables and just the sound of them. So the first one is Quetzaltenango which is named after um, the Aztec god of the plumed serpent. So it's Quetzal, but that's not long enough, so they added on Tenango. And no idea what that means. Quetzal Tenango. Yep. I like like what you do with your mouth when you say it. Yeah, there's a lot of... um, Have to open your mouth Mm. a lot. You sound much better than me. Second one. When you say it. Yeah, second one, sorry. Nuevo San Juan Barangari Cuticuaro. Wow, you sound so good. That's catchy, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I I already want you to say it again. Nuevo San Juan Barangari Cuticuaro. Faster. Nuevo San Juan Parangari Kutiqua. Twelve syllables and it's a small village. There's as many syllables as inhabitants probably. (laughs) The other ones you're going to like, these ones are going to tickle you just because they are very peculiar. Okay. So for example, would you like to move to these remote destinations? Infernillo y Guanajuato. In the state of Guanajuato, you will find the village Infernillo, which means little hell. I was going to say, is it something to do with fire? Yes. Little hell. Yeah. Annabelle Buckland. This is Annabelle Buckland reporting from Little Hell. (laughs) It's not appealing, is it? No. Is this town name more or less appealing? Salsipuedes Puebla. In yes. the county of, in the state of Puebla, is the town Salsipuedes, which means leave if you can. <laughs> to me, it sounds like salsa. Delicious. Sal si puedes. Sal. Leave if you can. Because it's so bad there and so hot and inhospitable that the name, the clue is in the name. It's a warning from anyone who's attempted to live there leave if you can there's a kind of scooby-doo element to that which i like Mm -hmm. although it baffles me as to why they didn't make the name more um don't even bother coming bypass completely (laughs) 
There probably is one. Because if you've got there already, you probably know you need to leave. (laughs) Maybe you can't though. Maybe like no one, like if you can. It's like so remote, you're stuck. It's the idea like of the entrapment, which sort of intrigues me. Yeah. If you haven't melted into a pool of organs (laughs) on the floor. The last one on the listicle of Mexican towns with fascinating names is Pito Real Estado de Chihuahua. In the state of Chihuahua, you'll find the town of Pito Real, which means royal penis. Wow. Yep. Also, is that where chihuahuas originate? Yeah. The Mexican hot water bottles. Is there a prince of royal penis? I don't know. Google it. Tell me. Find out more. Look at it. Look it up on Google Earth. I bet there's a few of them on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be such a good episode as well. Having ADHD and using dating apps. I listened to a woman talking about that exact subject, and. Yeah, it sounded bad. Like, it didn't end well. There was a lot of... Yeah. I was hoping that was a really original idea. Well, it doesn't... It just... I don't think there's any original ideas. It's okay. Thank you. It's okay. And, you know, if there are, you have more than your share. So, I shouldn't worry too much. (laughs) You do. You're, You're, you know, you're sparky. Great you work. may be a terrible driver and forget everything, yeah. but yeah, you do have ideas. Yeah. We've um, we're thirty-seven minutes in, and we promised the episodes would only be a punchy twenty minutes for the school run or the commute. Who are we trying so, to? So um, <laughs> let's let's wrap it up. Yeah.